We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17 14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra. I am your host, Numac, and joining me today, again, for another preview pod, is Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how are you doing? Doing well. Getting ready for the big game. <laughs> <laughs> another Rodgers-Brady showdown. No golf this time. No golf. No golf. Just pure big man football. <laughs> Yeah, live versus PGA. <laughs> uh, old and wise, or says old and high. <laughs> <laughs> Ayahuasca versus TB12. <laughs> Let her off the rails early. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, obviously one of the premier uh, QB uh, matchups that we've seen in the league the past, what, I don't know, decade and a half-ish. That's about 2008, so yeah, 15 years. Yeah, dec- yeah, Jesus. That's old to think about, but yeah, ever since Brady... <laughs> Half my life. <laughs> <laughs> ever since Brady has come back, or I guess rather moved to the NFC, we've been getting this matchup. I think we're three for three, right? I'm pretty sure we're three for three, and Bucks... Or no, we didn't face them last year, did we? Face them twice. And then I thought they played last year. Did they not play last year? I don't think they did. I'm pretty sure they didn't. They should have. They should have. If both teams took care of business. <laughs> but alas, they didn't. But regardless, uh, 
another big match between them. The Buccaneers, obviously one of the Super Bowl contenders. Brady coming back from his fake retirement to spend time away from his family <laughs> with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Packers looking to make the Super Bowl after what, again, is another 13-year drought-ish. And looking to move that one step beyond the NFC Championship game they've made uh, three out of the last four years. So, initial thoughts on the matchup, Jordan. What are you thinking about this week's uh, primetime game? Um, everybody's banged up. <laughs> it is it is uh, very similar looking injury reports as we are about to go into as well. I think it, that is probably the biggest key for me is both teams are missing key, possibly going to miss key weapons or at least be hindered by not having key weapons. How do they regroup? Tampa Bay is off to a 2 no start, but it doesn't feel like that in a lot of ways, which just kind of goes for just how great their margin for error is. Mm-hmm. Green Bay it kind of feels the same way, but obviously a wobbly week one versus uh, reassuring week two, but there's room for improvement. Um yeah, I just I kind of think it's it's a much different way that I'm looking into this matchup versus the first go around in Tampa a couple years ago, where the Packers just got absolutely walloped. Um, both teams are kind of in not transition, but I, I think it's just kind of like they're very similar with very good quarterbacks and um don't know how long it's going to last with how long each of them are in their respective teams but like mm-hmm. it's kind of i don't know you just it's there's just something different that i just can't put my words on which is a terrible thing to have <laughs> for a, a podcast but there's just something different with it if that makes sense right it's that that both teams as as it is right now, obviously once the Buccaneers are healthy, they're like Buccaneers of old. But as it is right now, the Packers are uh, moving towards a very different team as they were the last two times these teams matched up with obviously Devonta Adams being gone and Marquez Valdez Scantling being gone and just having to rely on these lesser tiered receivers than they had to in the past and rely more on the run game versus the Buccaneers who are looking to make sure that they get the most out of Brady while he's still playing. But mm. Yeah, once this Buccaneers team is healthy, they're going to be the same Buccaneers team we've we've essentially faced sans Gronk, um, and some of their offensive linemen who are in, who are injured that we've seen the past couple of times. So, let's jump into that injury report because that's going to be a big theme going into this weekend and going into the game on Sunday. For the Packers, uh, Bakhtiari uh, once again practiced on Thursday, but that's different from last week when they had Bakhtiari practice Wednesday, Friday. I think Matt Lafleur said they're just testing out to see what works for. For Bakhtiari, I wouldn't expect him to play this week going to Tampa away. I think there's a better chance, and you all have heard my stance on Bakhtiari playing this se- this season. I think if he's going to play soon, he'll play next week at home. And so we'll see how that goes from there. Um, Kenny Clark was new to the practice or to the injury report today. He was limited with a groin. Uh, Randall Cobb was out sick with an unnamed illness. Mason Crosby also added to the... Um, injury report with an unnamed illness. Hopefully that's not going around the locker room. Um, Elton Jenkins, he played last week, but he's still an injury report as limited. Um, Alan Lazard, this is like where the, the big story comes in for this week, is the receiving core plus Mercedes Lewis 
uh, Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson all did not participate in practice today after a limited participation in practice yesterday. Uh, Lazard has an ankle, which is the same one he's had. Um, Sammy Watkins and Christian Watson both had hamstring issues, which led them out of practice today. And Mercedes Lewis has a groin um, injury, which led him out of practice today. So that is a lot of impact players on the offensive side. Weirdly enough, only Kenny Clark's on the defensive side, so the defense is looking healthy, but the offense is, if all these players don't play, which is looking at like the most grim situation, it's going to be tough, but especially Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes Lewis has once again been fantastic in the blocking tight end role and is part of the reason Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon did such a good job of against the with the run last week is because Mercedes Lewis was that run blocking tight end out there. So uh yeah, if they're out, it's going to be tough. But going and looking at the Buccaneers uh, injury report as well, Carlton Davis was the third, was a full participant in practice today, uh, Thursday, with his hip injury. Uh, Leonard Fournette's going to play. He just has a lingering uh, hamstring that's, I think he's had since the beginning of the season. Russell Gage, uh, limited. He played last week. Chris Godwin did not participate. He has not played this year. I don't expect him to play. His list is questionable, but I think they'll probably wait. Unless they think he's ready to go, then obviously they'll they'll send him. Uh, Akeem Hicks was added to the uh, injury report on Wednesday with a foot. He did not participate in practice, which is pretty big for their their run defense. Julio Jones mm-hmm. didn't participate. He has a knee injury, and he, he didn't participate in both days of practice. Um, Scotty Miller was a full participant after his calf issue was led him to limited on Wednesday. Rashad Perryman limited in both days with a knee. And then uh, Donovan Smith, one of their tackles, was limited in participation today. So much like the Packers, the Buccaneers are very, very thin at wide receiver. <laughs> thin at wide receiver, thin at offensive line with all their injuries that they've suffered in camp and now into the season. Yeah, it's uh, and obviously Mike Evans suspended. Yep. Which uh, I saw was the subject of weird stuff yeah get your big brain out jordan yeah john runyon's dad in the league office made want to make sure we had that upper hand don't you know what is yeah <laughs> god everybody looking to aaron Rodgers' third eye and his tattoo <laughs> <laughs> so yeah if both teams are in a very interesting situation right now because mike evans for sure isn't playing we can expect Chris Godwin not to play, but if he does, that'll be a big help for them. But if he plays all game, right, right, right. His first game he played, it wasn't long until he was. They pulled him, obviously, for coming back really early after tearing his ACL, like crazy. Was it like January? That was like the playoff game, or right before right. the playoff game. Oh, I forgot he did play the first game and then didn't play last week. Yeah, I forgot that he was playing. So yeah, if they play him, I'd, if he's injuring it during games, maybe they just wait till he's fully healed. But alas, it's a big, it's a big storyline that Cole Beasley, uh, oh, yeah. free agent, was signed by the practice squad and likely is going to be elevated. So basically, just yeah. coming off the street and going to play his first game with yeah. Tampa against the Packers. <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady slid in those Instagram DMs and ended up sliding. Signing, uh, signing him. So hopefully that's a shot in the arm for the Buccaneers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, well it'll... <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but let's go the scenario of that they they do treat 
like Chris Godwin with like how they should and not play him. Like that's by side, you shouldn't be playing players who are hurt just to gain the competitive advantage of week three game, even though it is against another Super Bowl contender. If they don't play Godwin and if Julio is out, which he didn't participate two days in a row, think that how you will. He's a veteran. Maybe they just doesn't need the practice kind of thing. But if they're down Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Julio Jones, their starting receivers are going to be Brashad Perryman, Russell Gage, Scotty Miller, and then Cole Beasley, probably whoever much he plays given the whole new system. And yeah, that's that is a looking at football reference right now. That is uh, 13 catches right there so far on the season. season. Yeah, yeah, 13 or 36 receptions. Wow, so of healthy wide receivers, I should say, right? Just say two, which again, worst case scenario, but. Similar to that in the Packers, we'll we'll get to the point I'm making in a second. But that if Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, and Christian Watson are down, it's really gonna be on both these defenses to making sure that they hold these offenses in check as they should. Because both these defenses are really good. And they should have no problem locking up these lesser tier receivers if everybody is injured that they say isn't participating in practice, doesn't play. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's much like last week. Packers know their formula for success. They got two very uh, excellent running backs at their disposal. Yep. Who not only feature in the running game, but obviously in the pass game, as we know. Um, same with Tampa. Leonard Fournette's going to be their workhorse, mm-hmm. both in terms of just the engine to the offense, but through all their injuries and uh, Mike Evans' suspension, he's going to feature in their passing game. Yep. So I think it's just, that's where it's like we know where the defense stands. It's just a matter. I feel, I feel like any football, this might be just me being like, hey, average Joe, who lets up uh, the less, uh, less amount of terrible plays? <laughs> you know, that would be if I was like on like CBS's morning show. It's like, let's just see who doesn't land up a lot of terrible plays. Right. But that's, that is what it is going to be, where it's like the offense for both teams is what it is. It's just a matter of Packers living up to their strengths and the Buccaneers living up to their strengths. So who bends first, I guess. Right. And the biggest thing for that is going to be coming off of last week, making sure they're not missing tackles on Leonard Fournette. Like Leonard Fournette runs North and South with purpose. Yes. And they can't be letting him get extra yards after contact. Um, Mesh Needman tweeted today about an hour ago that uh, Joe Barry said there was a two-play sequence in the fourth quarter on Sunday during which the Packers missed nine total tackles, allowing 55 yards on the ground. So Montgomery went in for 28, Herbert went for 27, Khalil Herbert, and said that uh, entering this week, missed tackles is what they've been working on in practice. But I think if you look back and try to remember the game, that drive was very evident, like when they were just gashing the defense again. So I'm glad to hear that they're working on it, but it needs to be a priority going into Sunday, making sure they're wrapping up Fournette and not letting his just pure strength rip through this defense. Was Fournette on the Bucks when the, the championship game? Because obviously he started in Jacksonville that year, then they cut him. He was. Because yeah. I remember Ronald Jones was also, who I believe is with the Chiefs. That was. He was that also was, a big factor. Right. Or was Maybe he wasn't. I could have swore he was, but maybe he wasn't. Um. But Ronald Jones was the uh, 
the factor in that NFC Championship. Or, I'm sorry, that was the that was the regular season game. I clicked the wrong box score. Um, not. Oh yeah, Leonard Fournette was with them in the championship game. Yes, that's right. That's what I thought. I was like, I'm. I was pretty sure because we saw faced them before, but I wasn't. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, it's going to need like keeping him in check is going to be important. So, and flip side of that, with their defense and sort of how the Packers sort of offense works, this is going to be, um, an important time or we'll say if everybody we'll, we'll do the same thing we did for the Buccaneers if everyone that isn't practicing doesn't practice or doesn't play on Sunday I think it's going to be even more important than it was or than it had played out in the Bears game for Rodgers and the floor to spread the ball around like you're just going to have to get everybody some touches to make sure you're not predictable and keeping the uh, Tampa Bay defense on their toes yeah making quick decisions don't hold on the ball too long which Considering even Akeem Hicks be on the injury report and maybe not playing, Buccaneers defense is still very good with even if you lose a key player like that. So it's going to be on to the line. And that's where obviously having Jenkins back, but they're going to still bring him along slowly. That is such a big right. factor. Um, that too is just going to be that's going to really inform this game again it's it's more of like okay so you got tested with the bears and they you know some drives they swallowed up the packers and still their pass rushers got loose mm-hmm. vikings game obviously was what it was with all the struggles and just rogers kind of throwing back to his worst habits and just kind of veering from the game plan right. or whatever they planned <laughs> right. it didn't work um I think that's where it's it's going to be really tough again, where especially without Lazard, I don't know why, like Lazard is just kind of this in particular, because he is like a safety net almost. He, no one would think of him as this like big name wide receiver, like Devante or anything like that, but he does have Rogers trust. Mm-hmm. Every catch seemingly is like a first down for him. And he just makes them in these crucial moments. Right. And considering where the wide receiver core is right now. And you're just like, we want to see big things out of Dobbs. We want to see big things out of Watson. Obviously we've talked about this plenty, just having the safety nets and just the guys that Rogers trust, no matter what route, no matter what situation it is, have without that, that affects Rogers clearly adversely. Right. So it's just like, it puts even more of the onus on the offensive line of like, okay, how long can you block? How long can you just kind of, it's, it's kind of like eating your own tail or can't eat chasing his own tail that way. Right. Where it's like you have to insulate Roger from his worst habits because then you just want to make sure that you kind of stay the course with where they're at. Right. That's a long winded way of saying like, Hey, just play up to where you were last week and then we'll be fine. (laughs) No, but I get what you're saying though, is that like, if you let Aaron Rodgers get comfortable in what he's doing on offense, he won't fall back into those tendencies of trying to justify Lazard. He'll spread the ball around more and be more comfortable running the offense that Matt LaFleur wants to run, which is spread offense and sort of doing um, doing those things to making sure everybody gets the ball. Like, that's the best case scenario. We've said it before, that everybody gets the ball in this offense, not just Tanya, not just Lazard, not just Aaron Jones. Everybody needs to eat 
on this offense for it to be successful. We saw that last mm-hmm. week. Like the ball was spread around perfectly, <laughs> and they won handedly. So, um, I want to go back a little bit to um our defense. I guess is there anything that you're looking uh forward or looking to see out of this game? And I guess any themes that you want to identify, like I, I guess win conditions per se, like. Kenny Kenny Clark needs to get three sacks for them to win. Like obviously not true, but like something like that. I think this. I mean, it's gonna be a lot of it's gonna be run run defense. You know, last week, even against the Bears' offense that handicapped them their themselves with how little that they passed, they did plenty of damage on the ground. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, a lot of it, the attention was like, oh, the game plan with Justin Jefferson and all that stuff. Dalvin Cook and Madison gassed up the Packers' run defense sure still. And that's always going to be the Achilles heel. The, the Packers have done a lot to improve their their defensive line. Obviously, Quay Walker has been off to a really good start, especially just being a rookie. Mm-hmm. But it's going to come down to – you don't have the, the, the mobile threat that with, like, Justin Fields, obviously. Tom Brady's not a – Justin Fields, breaking news. <laughs> um, but you don't have that threat, but it's like Leonard Fournette can still, like, he can still have, like, I don't know, a benchmark of, like, 80 yards, and it can still come at, like, very inopportune times. Absolutely. That makes sense? Because I don't I don't think, going through all this, I don't really think it's going to be a score fest. No, absolutely not. I don't think... I'd be surprised think, if it was a high-scoring game. I'd be really surprised given yeah, the I don't think, and both defenses. And I don't think both teams are really – I mean, we talked about it with the Packers, but I don't think even the Buccaneers are – I think that's more considering their circumstances right now. But yeah. I don't think they're even built to be just like, we're going to score 50 points a game a week and or average 50 points a week and just you know live with the results kind of thing. I think they're built that way. They're not that way right now. When healthy, yes. they're built that way. When they're not healthy – they're a, very much a grinded out team as yeah. evidenced by beating the Cowboys 19 to three and beating the saints 20 to 10. Like, yeah, they're just not healthy enough to have that high flying offense that they want to have right now. It's very weirdly enough. It's like more of like how the Patriots used to be with Brady for a long time. Yeah. I'm just like, they have such a security blanket in their defense being as good as they can be that they can win so many different ways. They right. can, they're off, like most of their drives can stall out, but if your defense can get you really good field position, muster out, uh, what are they? They had like a defensive t- touchdown last week too. Yeah, they had the a pick Saints. six. Yeah, pick six. Like that's, <laughs> that's where it's like, they have so many impact players and we've, Packers have seen that, you know, a couple years ago with yeah. that week four matchup in the account for the championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the impact players on Buccaneers defense are crazy. Like Akeem Hicks obviously hurt, but then Vita Vea, Devin <laughs> White, Antoine Winfield Jr., Carlton Davis, like Shaquille Barrett. Like even they've got some dogs. <laughs> even is is it uh what's his name Jamel Dean? I think he's still on the team, right? Uh, Safety cornerback. So yep, yeah, he, Jamel Dean. Yeah, they're he made Rogers. Life miserable in that conference championship game a couple years ago, too. Absolutely. So it's like we're not even, they have just like this embarrassment of riches on 
their yep. defense that just like it makes it so hard for any team trying to probably game plan for them and it's like a matter of like okay can you you're going into the week knowing that any of those big plays that you're that you're hoping that break your way this week mm-hmm. they're probably not going to happen right <laughs> you yeah. know it's it's a matter of like okay can aaron jones get like i don't aaron jones is not going to average 9.8 yards per touch or whatever it was <laughs> if he does we'll be ecstatic on sunday because that means yeah. that they probably won given that defense yeah but you can't <laughs> expect no. that on sunday <laughs> no I'd be surprised if he gets like more than like three 10 yard plays. Yeah. Which like, I really hope he does. I really hope that like they really lean on Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. I I forget who was in the discord was like a little nervous that we like were leaning on Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon so much throughout in the season, but like just getting them consistent run that we've talked about to open up pass plays is enough for me. I don't need 150 yards from AJ Dillon or from Aaron Jones and then hundred yards from AJ Dillon every game. I just need them utilize enough to be effective in making the offense go. They need to be yeah. used, they need to be used more in the Vikings game and less in the Bears game to be sustainable throughout the year. Just so they don't lose their legs throughout the yeah. season. Yeah, it's it's a balance, and I mean, right. Part of it, I think, too, is just I think the team and Matt Lafleur know the conceded effort that they made in not made that they were part of with Devonte leaving right that hey you have two you have one all pro running back and one running back that may be an all pro when all of a sudden that just considering the trajectory that he's on with dylan mm-hmm. you're gonna have to lead on them more while the wide receivers kind of figure it out and that rogers establishes trust with new players and robert tunyon coming back from his acl injury like it's right. just i think that's I think that's an early season approach. Obviously, it did not happen week one as much as we would have liked, but right. it's it's all about that balance that they're establishing. It's not going to be pretty a lot of the time, no, and especially against stiff competition like this, right? That you're not you're facing the cream of the crop right now. This is the top defense of the league that isn't your own defense, right? <laughs> you know, this is one of the games we had highlighted through the. Uh through the schedule, that was one of the toss-up games that we would have liked to see them split, at least one of them win. Like, one of the one of the four hard games, we had we had Tampa, uh, Buffalo, Buffalo, the Eagles, and the Rams. Like, those were the four that we knew that we knew for sure going into the season were marquee teams. Mm-hmm. This is the first one. This is, I think, the first real test that they can expect. And seeing how they perform and how they um, how they respond to adversity going into this game is going to be important. Like, yeah, I it's really, a yardstick game. Yep, I want to talk a little bit more about our offense and sort of some of the players on it. I'm really excited to see Quay Walker roam the middle of the field and attack Leonard Fournette coming out on like swing passes or tackling him like in the box when he's running up the middle. Like I think that's like a a big opportunity for big collisions on tackles because they're both like Quay Walker is not huge, but he's a, a a solid guy who runs fast. And Leonard Fournette is also a very solid dude <laughs> who runs fast and runs yeah. with purpose. So I think it's going to make for a lot of really like just awesome impact plays. Yeah, yeah, it's Walker for sure. Devondre Campbell, this is going to be he delivered last year in a big way more than anyone could have anticipated. But right. it is it's still a big test for him to like. Hey, let's even with the Buccaneers offense being as limited as as the, as it is, it's yep. just like, 
can you corral an offense that can, you know, grind it out as much as they have so far to the start of the year. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's, that's the thing too, is that we're not talking about, we can at least like look at like, Oh, Dave Montgomery will, you know, do damage with the bears, even with the bears again, <laughs> kind of <laughs> yeah, bears being bears, but Justin Jefferson and Kirk cousins, like if the sun is out and he, just, I don't know, whatever. He eats something that he like. It just timing breaks right for them. Timing's not on the Buccaneers' side right now. Right, exactly. And things have not have not you know gone the way that they planned mm-hmm. with Tom Brady apparently you know filming messing or whatever it was. <laughs> um, right, but I think that like, but it's still like you're still looking at what they're doing. It's like they're they can solve so many of their own problems with where their roster is built. Yeah, that makes sense. Devondre Campbell is in the process of proving that he he earned that contract. He was oh, one yeah. of the, he was one of the big people last week that was missing tackles and like letting off those extra yards. But it's also I think Devondre Campbell getting used to getting back into the rhythm of things. He was one of the people that wanted to play in the preseason. This is, yes. was his first preseason where he wasn't fighting for his job. Yep. So going from a career of I'm playing every preseason game, I'm getting my reps, I'm getting warmed up, to then not playing all preseason. You're kind of out of that rhythm. He's not necessarily a quote-unquote veteran, in that he knows how to get his game ready for Week One without a preseason. So, hopefully by this week or the end of next week, he's looking to be for like he's back into his form and making those kind of plays we saw him making last year. Um, two more impact players on the defense that I think are going to be very important and very critical to success this week, which is like every week. Um, Azul Douglas and Jira Alexander and Eric Stokes too, but to go into the the PFF graphic I, I saw today, someone had uh, retweeted and posted in the Discord. Uh, highest coverage grades through week two amongst the cornerbacks. Number one is Darius Slay, given his all-star performance or Pro Bowl performance um, against Justin Jefferson on Monday night. Uh, DJ Reed Jr. of the Jets. Uh, Dar- I'm sorry, Darius Slay had an 86.9 grade. DJ Reed Jr. had 86.3. And then three and four on this list is Razul Douglas and Jair Alexander with an 83.2 and an 81.7. So I think those numbers are a little weird because, like, obviously they didn't do great against Justin Jefferson on in, in week one. So maybe they brought them down a little bit. But then they got to go against a defense. 11 passes. 11 pass offense last week. So there's a little gray in those numbers, but... We still know what noise. right. It's a lot of noise. Thank you. Is there's we still know they're, that they're great players, up to the task of covering all pro wide receivers, and having them cover lesser wide receivers should be a cakewalk for them. And so, ideally, this game is going to be really tough for Tom Brady. Like, really tough. I wouldn't be surprised if we see another spiked tablet. <laughs> yeah, or they should just have like. You know how, like, when someone smashes a guitar, they play, like, that cheap one? Yeah. Just don't, just do, like, a tablet from, like, 2011. You know? <laughs> go get the iPad 1. Yeah, go get the iPad 1. Just, like, okay, Tom, just break this one. Yeah. We'll have other ones that we, we can use. Go get a uh, <laughs> Samsung, like, Surface, like, the big phone. <laughs> Throw your Palm Pilot at the, you know, <laughs> the field goal upright. Just, just give do him, that. Give him an old Garmin GPS. Yeah. <laughs> 
they're your Sega Game Gear away right. that debuted when you first started playing NFL <laughs> football because you're old uh, and we'll play 20 more years. God forbid. But yeah. It's a scourge on my life. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, I think like this wide receiver core as it stands right now, sans Julio Jones, sans Chris Godwin, is not up to the task of working against Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, Russell Douglas, Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos, the like of them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You say this, and then Scotty Miller burns Kevin King for a touchdown right before. <laughs> that's a Kevin. That's a Kevin King problem. There's a reason he's not on the team anymore. That's one no. of them. And so, if Kevin King is manifesting, his best team, of luck to him in his redshirt year. I saw today that he's essentially just not playing to get healthy. Right. Which, like, fine. Golf for Kevin King. All the best to you. Go do your job somewhere else. Control the narrative. Right. <laughs> He's thinking, he's thinking a gap year. Yeah. 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 He just, that's what I said too. So regardless, like these cornerbacks really should be able to stand out this week and allow another 11 completion game. We'll say not just pass, but completion. Yeah. Because they, they should work these receivers, which me saying that now is going to, like you said, have a Scotty Miller, big touchdown, but, um, is there anything else you want to say on the defense? Or do you want to move to offense a little bit? I know we kind of touched on offense already. I think, but... I think defensive line, too. I mean, if Clark is – again, it's just considering the state of the Buccaneers' offensive line. They've lost, what, two? I think so. Three. Because I think Donovan Smith, right? Yeah, he's – He might play, uh, but – Yeah, he's on the injury report. Yeah, limited participation today, yep. uh, Thursday as we record. Yep. So that's their third starter that has been hampered coming in since training camp. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Therefore, you think, well, even with the run defense woes that they the Packers have had, mm-hmm. they're in an advantageous position, but nothing is guaranteed in that sense. Like, obviously, Kenny Clark... You want him to be 100%, but it's going to be a lot on Jerron Reed. Does Devontae Wyatt play any meaningful reps this week after allegedly being a special special teams guy um, last week? Like, it's – I think that's going to be a very key point of just, like, again, where 
Leonard Fournette can run wild on this defense, can they just kind of not neutralize that? Right, exactly. That'll be important. Having guys like Kenny Clark, if Wyatt can get on the field, <laughs> that'll be important. But I don't know if he's going to see the field, given what we know about uh, how he played last week. Like, I'm pretty sure last week his snap count was not great. Eight. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a lot. <laughs> I'll put it that way. So, yeah, if Devontae Wyatt can get on the field and be impactful, that'd be huge this game, like really big for his development, but I wouldn't expect it. Um, yeah, then just counting on Jaren Reed, Dean Lowry, them just to be that guy. So, we'll see. I'm excited to mm-hmm. watch watch Leonard Fournette run. I'm hopefully not going to be too... I'll be, hopefully I'll be happy about it. Hopefully I won't be too yeah. sad about it. But it's... I still like good football, and yeah, this is going to be hopefully a good football game. Um, But sort of moving to the offense... I am cautiously excited to see Romeo Dobbs play because if he's a big feature of the offense, it means we don't have any other receivers probably. But at the same time, if this is a time for him to stand out, it would be really exciting to see him stand out against this defense. And And the secondary. Exactly. And so part of me is like, please stand out. But the other part of me is like, maybe just kind of, do your thing and have your couple targets a game yet this week. I think I'll think with this during the week, sort of thinking about like this prep and what I want to see out of this game. This like out of out of the offense this week, I'll say, is I really want to see LaFleur and Rogers, if they're healthy, get Watson and Dobbs mixed in a lot in the middle. Like why let's let let's get them going, get their confidence catching balls downfield doing some slants, doing some crossing routes where they can kind of just run across the field and use their speed and athleticism to get into a rhythm. It doesn't really mm-hmm. do them any good. We've talked about this before, so I'll be brief, but it doesn't really do them any good to be working on timing throws where they take one step out. It's a one yard basically out to the sideline and they have to turn their head within that the second they plant their foot to, ready, be ready, to be ready for the ball. Rogers is throwing to them before their head's turned. Like, that's very much a... Rodgers, Devonta Adams thing that is being featured in the offense that doesn't work with these rookie receivers because they're rookies. They'll get mm-hmm. there, but it's week two. We almost week three now. Like they yeah. just don't have that that timing and that I, I want to say trust that relationship with Rodgers to know when the ball is coming. And that doesn't do the rookie receivers any good. Like it's not helping their confidence. It's not helping the offense. That's a wasted down, and it's not like basically going up the confidence point and that showing that they can do this at the level that they know they can and did in the preseason. Well, Dobbs, that is. So I'd like to see them work in those rookie receivers more through the middle and then take your shots downfield. If Christian Watson is healthy and is able to be utilized at his full athletic ability, he's torching cornerbacks. Like he, he torched, uh, in the first play of the season, we saw it, obviously, on the drop touchdown pass. But then last week, too, when Watkins had a big pass I saw on the replay that he torched his uh, cornerback. Like, he has the speed to get there, get them worked in through the middle on some slants and some crossing routes, and then take that shot downfield to try and get that big explosive play. Yeah, I mean, this is the big test. This is, again, you we'll see it with Buffalo when that game comes around. Even the Rams, considering you're playing against Jalen Ramsey, who, you know, he will get beat, but he's also one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Like, right. You're going to have to kind of loosen the reins, especially if you're without Lazard or if you're, you know, if Cobb's illness lingers on or what. That's, it's just a matter of like 
you don't want to kind of, I guess, hamstring yourself, not unlike what we saw with the Bears, you know, with their passing game, but you have the young wideouts that you want to develop. Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of, okay, you don't want to shake their confidence so early, but there are still like pauses that we've seen like Watson. Yeah. It's not a lot of substance right now. And you're using him on these gadget plays that, you know, right. You'll probably have one or two that like, Oh, like you're seeing the natural speed in, in the open field. But like, again, even like the, like you said, the Dodge play, like he, that he turned out of nothing that like was like a third, it was a, what second 28. That was like a third and five after. Yep. It's almost like a uh, setting up like a handoff in basketball. Like it's not, it does, it's, it's really about, Hey, can you follow these blockers? that are going to set up the open field for you and make right. plays. And it's again, that it, that's not a disservice to anyone within or, you know, the offense or anything like that. Like, it's just, it's not what you want to see constantly. And you don't want to like have it just kind of like hang over the wide receivers. Cause at some point, like these guys are really, they're, they're green as can be. Right. They want to show their skills. They want to show that, Hey, we are the wide receivers of the future for the Packers. Right. And it's like a matter of like, okay, you can have a taste of it, but just, you're not going to pull back the spoon. Like constant, like this is like right. give and take constantly that yeah. we're, that might be just the feature of the season, but which would be frustrating. I'd like to see them take it would be frustrating. Get more sure. used into them. Like if they're if this is if the trend through week one and two is a season long trend, I'll not be thrilled. No. Yeah. No. So yeah, it's about turning these green receivers into some gold. That's a uh boom. Boom. That's <laughs> I'm learning from the best and dumb jokes over here, uh <laughs> But uh, using, yeah, using those using Watson and Dobbs effectively rather than gadgety is just yes. what I want to see going forward. Like, I'm fine with the gadget plays. I'm fine with the the motion handoffs and the motion touch passes, stuff like that. I just want to see them as set receivers running routes, catching the ball because they're receivers. They're not like Aaron. Like I'm fine with Aaron Jones doing those, those gadget plays. Oh he's, yeah, yeah. He's meant for it he's a running back getting the ball in the backfield running out of the backfield like i would rather our receivers be receivers when they're this young to get that stuff down and then eventually run those things if they can which mm-hmm. hopefully they don't have to they get to drop their talent uh, on the edges yeah so um tanyan might be a, i don't want to say an issue but i want to say maybe like He's not going to be an issue. He's not going to be a feature, but he's going to be interesting play this week because typically those tight ends are covered by linebackers and the, the coverage linebackers. Devin White's one of the best linebackers in the game. He was, somebody had said, uh, oh, I, it might have been Aaron Jones, if I'm not mistaken. But I think they asked Aaron Jones, like, when, like is there a linebacker you can think of, like, how oh, yeah, Quay, yeah. Quay Walker plays when he's so fast and tracking people down? And he goes, yeah, yeah, Devin White, which is like, that's a really good thing for Quick Walker to be compared to. But now we get, we get to play Devin White this week. So it's going to be if Tunyon has a good game, I think it'll be opposite of Devin White. That Devin White will be rushing instead of covering. But that'll be part of spreading the ball around. Like it's gonna be not even not even White. I mean Levante David's still on this that too. Yeah. He's <laughs> <Him too. laughs> the ageless wonder. Like it that's again I don't want to fawn over the uh, opposition because I want to see the Packers win, but like 
it's Buccaneers have made their team <laughs> really well, and they can withstand three injuries. Or just, <laughs> yeah, there's a reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a reason why they won the Super Bowl, and I would argue this defense is probably even better because a lot of those guys, Winfield, Carlton Davis, I think was hurt or still young. Like those guys that were rookies at the time, or you know, just coming into the league or just coming into Tampa. Now they've been there for a while. They have their kind of program set on that side right. of the ball. Akeem yeah. Hicks is largely the the biggest newcomer, right? Um, Vita Vea being picked as a cheat code for them. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. Good. Yeah. So, good. so also, strong name alert. Vita strong. Vea. Yes, exactly. His his full name, like Godzilla name alert for how strong it is. Just, but anyways, to go 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 out with your. Ball. And almost like it's like a it's sing songy. It's like it's like a Vita Vea. It's like right. rhythmic, right? Um, but yeah, like that's again, it's, it's just hard to to really like. I think especially now that like I think, uh, at least personally, expectations about the Packers' offense is so reframed this year. Yeah. So it's like okay, it's not about these big plays that happen. It's about like can the Packers like sustain long drives that equate to touchdowns. Mm-hmm. If they can and sustain you, long drives against this defense, it'll go really far and win probability. Oh, absolutely. Especially, I mean, the other factor, too, is you're playing in Tampa. It's either going to be really rainy or it's going to be humid as hell. And you're like, <laughs> you're wearing a jersey that feels like it's 50 pounds on you. Right. Just it's it's not a it's a very different. They put in a dome so far. They played at Lambeau like it's a much different uh you know environment to play in that is going to test you especially if you know especially with a wide receiver core that's going to be banged up that, right as yeah. it looks like like you're playing the pristine conditions of a dome you're playing in september weather at night green bay uh the 10 day or the the daily forecast for um for tampa is 88 and sunny on sunday so it's gonna be Oof. it's gonna be hot. Yeah. Hopefully it's not too humid. We're bringing back my. I think other people have noticed it too. I'm, I'm I know I'm not the only person who's noticed it. Rogers never plays well in Tampa, <laughs> or not Tampa, no. in, in, in the state of Florida. I remember we opened up that we opened up that game against the Jacksonville Jaguars a few years ago, and that was needlessly a right. close win. They won that one. Well, there's also the they played in Jacksonville right. for against Saints that too last year. Yeah, and that didn't go well. The uh, when Rodgers had the fake spike for a touchdown against Miami to to win it at the buzzer, like that the, la- a... the last Tampa game in Tampa. Yep, it's, it's Rodgers. I don't think they. Now that you mentioned, it, I don't think they've really played Tampa well in Tampa. Regard like even when it was like Josh Freeman as the quarterback, right? Or like Jameis. You think given like the demographic of Tampa, Rodgers would love playing in there, but alas, he doesn't. No, at least. Statistically, he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most glorified Florida man that could ever be made. <laughs> Rodgers without football is the best Florida man I think there is. Yeah. Just taking ayahuasca, getting trippy tattoos on his forearm, long hair. So you, I saw a UFO here at Daytona <laughs> Beach. <laughs> Loves Orlando for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> 
<laughs> or not Disney World. Just loves it. Just like I love Orlando. Right. He loves the food scene in Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> um, one last thing to touch on. Um, let's see if something else, Jordan, is uh, Christian Watson is a Tampa Bay native. I just saw this mm. uh, going through my, my my Twitter feed. So it'd be really cool if he could play and play in front of his home, his quote unquote home crowd. But he played uh, when he was like seven, I think I saw it was like uh, Pee Wee football like championship at Raymond James Stadium. So like if you could return and whatnot, that'd be really what? cool. Yeah. Let me, uh, here, let's see, Matt Schneidman, the, the Tampa native Christian Watson played in the youth football championship at Raymond James Stadium when he was seven. He said that day when he wanted to return there as an NFL player. And they, if you go to Matt Schneeman's timeline, he has a picture of little Christian Watson. It's adorable. Wow. So, yeah. That's quite the homecoming. Hopefully he gets to play. That's, that's mm-hmm. fingers crossed, best case scenario. Hopefully he has a big game. Yes. Um, anything else before we do score predictions? No. I think, we, I think we covered it from a lot of angles. That's the plan. That's the plan. Talk of the, talk of the tundra. Talk about Tundra. Covering all the guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jordan, you get to go first. Score prediction for a receiverless battle between. I the feel like this could be a very scoregami game. Ugh, that sounds like a grind at all ugly. It's game. gonna be weird. I think this is gonna be a really weird game. I think you. Know I'm gonna. I'm not only gonna give you a score prediction. I'm gonna okay. predict this. We are going to see a safety. Wow. Don't know, don't know what who's gonna commit the safety. I'm gonna say we're gonna see a safety. Interesting. Especially you know what I'm gonna say. I think it's the Packers gonna get a safety. I we saw like, the fumbling like, issues. Like Rogers gets tackled in the end zone. I think it's gonna be one of like a, a bad snap mm-hmm. and Rogers has gotta get on it. I'm calling my shot right now. Got it. Um so score, let's go. I think the Packers lose. Just gonna say that right now. Wow. Yeah. I Tampa, there's something about it I just can't shake. It could be just and it could be very heartbreaking. I'm gonna say like I wanna go for it. I'm gonna go 17-12. Ew. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that score. I hate it too, but there's just something about this. The weather, the everything that's going on. I need to see if uh oh like score Gami doesn't have a I know I wish there's like available scores that yeah. haven't been seventeen twelve yeah. sounds like that's happened before. I feel like that might have been hap- that might have happened before because like that's, that's what, also four field goals, which like is four that. yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So Oh, wait, no, I'd even insulate 1912. 1912. Let me amend it. Oh, okay. 1912. Oh, that I hate includes... that even more. I hate that even more. That means the Packers didn't score a touchdown. Oh. Or it did, and Crosby misses or something. I don't know. Oh, two or they... missed extra points. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, before I give my score prediction, I want to touch on something you had mentioned about uh, a safety. I thought when you said there would be a safety, you might go the other way. Um, Rich Piasacha in the, their conference today, or their press conference today, said that pretty much Pat O'Donnell's running his own ship um, on special teams on punting. Basically, if Pat O'Donnell wants to 
like just boom it into the end zone, he can do it. Or if he wants to pin him deep out of the end zone, like out of the sideline at like the two, he can do it. He's basically just letting Kyle O'Donnell do his thing. So, with that in mind, I will also say, you look, <clears throat> hold on, before we get, you look perplexed. What's up? Is that normal? I have no idea. I don't know if it's normal, but Pat Donald has my heart considering that he punted the ball 80 yards. I, yeah, I'm not going to object with the strategy. I'm just, I don't think I've ever have given one ounce of thought. I know a special teams coach, it's a job. Yeah. But it's like, hey, Pat, um, we really want you to go at the 14, but a well, little shade to the, like, it's like hitting a swing or like, you know what I mean? It's right. just a very. Here's the, the, the tweet from Bill Huber. One from Biasacha's press conference. Okay. Interesting note from Biasacha is that O'Donnell is kind of running the ship on punt team. If he wants to hit it deep, he can. If he wants to put on the right sideline, he can. So it's like, they're just, I think, I'm guessing it's probably, a col- excuse me, a collaborative effort, like idea. Pat yeah. Donald and Richie come together. What do you feel? What do you want to do? If Pat Donald's like, I'm only going to punt at 10 yards. Rich Biasacha is probably like, maybe don't do that. Maybe go for a little <laughs> farther. And they kind of come together on an idea of how far they should try to pin him back or if they don't even want to punch the guy or what they want to do. I want to be a fly on the wall for those conversations. Yeah. I think that'd be really fast. Fly on the wall for the we fence meetings. Yeah. Just like (laughs) we're on the 20. It'd be really nice if you don't kick this into the other end zone. Right. Put it on the one. Yeah. And like, I can't really do that. Mm. Let's go seven. Mm. (laughs) I can do five. (laughs) Okay. We beat in the middle. So, going all the way back. P.O.D. I, I think Pat O'Donnell is going to have a lot of run this week, given the defenses. Yes. So, I think, I'll go with you just for fun on your safety prediction. I think the Packers get home to Brady and sack him in the end zone for a safety. And I'm going to go... Oh, man. I'm going to go... 17 to 10 the hard way. It's going to be the Packers are going to get 17 by a touchdown, a field goal, and then touchdown. I, I gotta think of math here. That'd be two touchdowns and a field goal, right? Yeah, that's normal. I don't think I can do quick math. <laughs> Seven plus six is 13. Let's do 15 to 10. I, my math was wrong. Oh no, I lied. The math I wanted to do was 18 to 10. 18, a, touch, yeah. a touchdown, three field goals, and a safety. There we go. Right? Yeah, that would be right. Okay. You say three field goals? Yeah, that would be yeah. right. 10, 13, 16, 18. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 18 to 10. Oh, we a got disgusting, gross, <laughs> Those no good score, score predictions. Prediction. require an explicit <laughs> tag on this podcast. They're <laughs> disgusting and graphic. These are not child appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be like 42 to 35. Like, well, we were wrong. I guess we were wrong. Who cares? But if it's 42 to 35, we'll have a lot to talk about. That is true. That is very, that's a good point. All right. Uh, Thank you all for listening to another episode of Talk of the Tundra. Uh, Be sure to check out gspn.info to get all of your uh, Eurostep podcast network needs. We got the Discord form in there. We got links to all the other podcasts. Cruising for a bruising Eurostep, who just put out a podcast, I believe it was this week or yesterday, on Wednesday about the Jordan Clarkson anticipation for the Bucks and possibly trading for him. 
uh, make time for this, the new junk drawer pop culture pod. Um, all that stuff can be found on gspn.info. And uh, please rate and review this podcast. As I've said in other podcasts, Jordan, I love hearing your feedback. Since we are just getting our feet under us, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say about it, what you guys like, what you don't like, what we can improve upon, any of that. But please be sure to rate it five stars. And if you want to get in that uh, Discord server, go to gspn.info and fill it out. It was your review, and we'll get you in there to have all the fun talking about this Packer season and the rest of Wisconsin sports. Jordan, thank you so much. Thank you.